0: You guys can be seated. Hey, I'm glad that every one of you are here. I am especially glad to see Kevin and Laura because they have Hudson with them, don't they? Yeah, for the very first time. We're glad to see you guys back. Oh, that's a beautiful little boy. You got to see him. He's one of our newest members. We got lots of new members. I tell you, had a funny thing happen. Hudson was born on Christmas Eve on December 24th. And we went to the hospital to see him and, and we couldn't get back right away. Kevin, why don't you stand up? I want, I want everybody to see Kevin. Just Kevin, stand up. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, sit down. Okay. So we're in the waiting room, and we couldn't go back right away, and a nurse comes out, and she looks at me and Marianne, and she says, now, are you Kevin's parents? No, we are not Kevin's parents. And I don't know why on earth they thought that I was old enough to be Kevin's parents but uh it's funny he thought that was funny now he sends me uh world's greatest dad emojis pretty much on a regular basis it's now pops and i get pictures of the grandbaby and all kinds of stuff it's been weird uh, but we love our church family we're thankful for you guys we claim you all pastor ben and emily uh, found out that they were um pregnant and uh, I, I told you last week I would show you a special video today, and, and I'm going to keep my word. I'm going to show you a video. I misspoke in the first service and said, we're going to show you a video of how it happened. That is not the video we have. That was incorrect and was not, not good. And so we actually have a video of Emily telling Pastor Ben, and I just want you to watch the different array of emotions on this young man's face. Take a look right here. It's fun. Alright, don't hate me for cleaning, I just wanted it to look nice in here, shaking. There's two lines on it! Are you excited? looked angry at first didn't he he looked angry at first he was bothering him right and and then and then it went to this this like like sadness almost and and then it it went to to puss in boots he looked like that cat you know from shrek and and then the then the joy oh great great fun that's awesome so make sure you love on them i told you i'd send you that video hey we're in the middle of our experience called one thing we're living the revival we we've talked a lot about the fact that as we're in this 21 days of corporate prayer and fasting that i want us to be on the same page and we're looking toward um the very end of the month where we're going to have our one thing revival experience but we're not just waiting for the revival to happen for us to say wow we're in revival because revival is not a series of services Revival is something that God is doing in our hearts. And I grew up in a church where we were always praying, God, send us revival. God, send us revival. And it was almost as if we were praying for something that would never come. It was always like always down the road. But I'm convinced that we can live in a spirit of revival. And while other people are praying for revival, I want the people that call North Park home, I want us to live in revival. But we've got to understand what that really means. And so as we're in this series, Living the Revival, we're preparing our hearts to live what it is that we believe God wants us to live. So I want you to look with two passages of scriptures with me today. And the first one is Luke chapter 10, verse 38. And if you have your Bible, you can turn there. I'm going to give you another passage that you can turn to. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Again, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 and then 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. You just kind of dog ear that. We're going to be there in a minute. But over the last couple of weeks, we've been working through a couple of definitions of the word revival. And I think this is going to help us understand what revival means, because we come from all these different walks of life, and when I even say revival, it brings up all kinds of things for us. And for some of you, that's a positive experience. Others of you, it's kind of neutral and doesn't really mean much to you. Others of you, maybe it even brings a negative memories to you. So I want us to make sure we're on the same page and we understand what revival is at North Park. And here's the first definition. Revival is an improvement in the condition or strength of something. So maybe there's something in your life that needs improvement. You need strength in this certain area of your life. So what we're saying is, is you need revival in that area of your life. And some of us, you're praying for that. You're praying that, that God would improve the condition of this area of your life, that God would give you strength as you walk through this experience. And here's the second definition, and probably the one we're going to lean into today and next week, which is simply this, an instance of something becoming important again. In other words, there was a moment in your life where something that was critical was very important, but for some reason or another, it's just not as important as it used to be. And so maybe for some of you, that's attending church. Maybe for a while, that was very important, but lately, that's just not been an an important thing for you. And and you need revival in that area. Others of you, it's, it's your time with the Lord. You're not spending time praying or reading the Bible. Maybe that was very important to you at one time, but for some reason or another, that's just not been as important lately. And it's fallen down on your list of priorities. And so what we need is revival. We need that to be important again in your life. And one thing we talked a lot about last week is the fact that we have to understand God is speaking. We serve a God who is speaking to his people. And when we begin to understand that, it changes the way we approach our relationship with him. Because if you don't view God as someone to have a relationship with, then you're never going to pursue him in listening for his voice. And so I want you to understand, God is someone you can have a relationship with. You can have a relationship, a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. And he is speaking to us. And one of the ways that he speaks is he speaks through his Holy Spirit. He speaks through other people. How many of you have had an encounter with someone that when you walked away from that experience, you just begin to think, man, I just really feel like God was speaking to me through things that they were saying to me. Has that happened to anybody? Sure it has. And I hope that every single week when you come into this room that you listen for God speaking through the people around you. I hope that that when the people that speak to you on the stage we're not just giving you our wisdom or our understanding like we're really praying and seeking the Lord and asking him to speak through us so that you hear the words that you need to hear from him not from us but from him we just want to be a vessel that God uses And one of the prayers I pray every Sunday when I get up to speak to you is God, help me to just duck and get out of the way. I don't want to give people my words. I want you to speak through me. And I think that's really the power of the Holy Spirit. And here's how this surfaces on any given Sunday. I mean, you think about a room that's filled like this and and there's people from all over. Like we've got people who've been walking with Jesus like for a couple of weeks. Like you just said yes to Jesus days ago. Some of you have been walking with Jesus for years. Some of you have have some issues in your marriages and you're dealing with some issues with your kids. Others, of you you got stuff going on with your jobs or your finances or maybe you're sick in your body. And it's amazing how we can all come together in, in, in all of these different places in our walk with the Lord and we can encounter the same scripture and we can encounter the same worship experience in the same place in the same time, yet all walk out of here and say, wow, God really spoke to me. I'm going through this, and God spoke. I'm going through this, God spoke. How can the Lord speak to all of us in such different ways at one time? That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the power of his word, And, and his word is active. His word is alive, and his word is speaking to us. God speaks to us through his word. I want you to take your Bible with me right now if you have it. And I want you to hold it in your hand. If you have a real Bible in the room, like, like, like a real Bible that you can smell, like say amen. amen. If you don't say, oh me, I just got a phone yeah and and I think and that's not bad it really isn't bad okay and and i use I use Bible apps all the time we use, I use u all the time I really do, and I have electronic stuff and I, but you just there's something about being in his word there 's something about having his word in your hand and one of the big problems for me, if I open my Bible app and I begin to read and I set aside some time i'll we'll spend some time with the Lord, and I start to read and I want God to speak to me, what initially happens is i I get an alert that somebody likes something on Facebook and I gotta go check that out, right? And then I gotta check out the ESPN scores and I gotta see what's happening on Twitter. And before I know it, I've wasted my 30 minutes not listening to God's word, but I've chased some rabbit trails. So the phone is not a bad thing. It just becomes very much a distraction. And so oftentimes, I will use a Bible reading plan from the YouVersion app that we talk about a lot. It's a free app that you can download if you have it. It's great. There's a lot of Bible reading plans there. But oftentimes what I'll do is I'll look to see what my plan says that I should read that day and then I'll close it and I'll open my Bible so I can kind of remove the distraction. Does that make sense? Why? Because I want God's word to speak to me because I know his word is living and his word is active. In fact, we often say that this is God's written word to the entire world, but it's his living word to us. And this book speaks to every area of our life. It's a personal letter from God to us, and it's alive. It contains the secrets of, of, of things that you're facing in your life. How do you experience miracles? How, how do you find the answers to the problems that you're facing today? This is, this is God's word, and it speaks to you. There's not one thing, not one. There's not one thing that you could go through in your life that God's word is not going to speak to about. His word is alive, and his word is relevant. That's a huge word. His word is relevant to your life today, and you need to give God an opportunity to speak to you from it. Now, here's what some of us will do, okay? If we're honest, I'm going to hit just like a wide array of people in the room. Some of us, we open it, we study it every day, we live by it. It's God's blueprint for our life, and we know it, and we stay in it all the time. Others of us, like we'll, we, we go through the Bible reading plans and, and we read it and we check it off and we just kind of move to the next thing on our list. Uh, others of us, like, we don't necessarily like open the Bible and read it, but maybe we'll get a devotion from uh, a book that we're reading or an email that comes to us, our daily bread or something like that. And there's nothing wrong with those things. They're great additions to your time with the Lord, but nothing takes the place of you just listening for God's voice as you study his Word. Others of you, the only time you really ever encounter God's word is when somebody else is speaking it. So whether God speaks through somebody that speaks as your pastor or your life group leader leads you in a Bible study or you might even listen to a podcast, but very rarely do you open up the word of God and let God's word speak directly to you. But here's the problem. Those are good things. Like we need to grow by listening to those things. God speaks through people, he does. But here's the problem. You only learn to listen for God's voice when he's speaking through somebody else. God wants to speak to you. He doesn't just want to speak to you through me or, or to, to you through a, a pastor that you're listening to on a podcast or, or through a, a, someone that someone wrote a devotion. He, he wants to speak to you. And so you need to give God an opportunity to speak to you, and you need to learn how to do that. And that's part of our problem. We don't know where to start. And, and, and we're very intimidated. Some of us are very intimidated to try to study God's word because we don't really know where to begin. And so the result is we just don't bother to pick it up at all. But if he's speaking, and he's speaking to me through his word, I want to learn to hear his voice. How many of you, let's just be, this is going to be very practical today, okay? This is really, I'm just going to be teaching you some stuff today. How many of you would say, like you've opened up God's word at least one time in your life, and you read a verse of scripture, and you just knew that God was speaking to you through what you read? Does that happen to you? Yeah, that's happened to most of us. And, and I can take you to some times where I knew that happened in my life. I, I encourage people a lot not to play this game that we play, okay? And this is, this is what the game looks like. We say, we say, God, I need you to speak to me. And so we open up our Bibles and we play what I like to call Bible roulette. We just like throw our, 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 our finger down on a scripture and we think that's God's voice in our life, right? I heard one pastor say that happened to somebody and they put their finger down and it said, and Judas hung himself. Okay, that's not the right one. And, and so he did it again. God, try again. And whatever you do, go do it quickly. You know, it's like, what in the world? No, that's not it. I, I heard about one guy who was looking for some business ventures. He opened God's Word, and he was just like, and it said oil. And he thought, oh, I'm going to invest in some oil. So he we went and invested in some oil. He did it again. And, 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 and man, crops, going to invest in some crops? Next time he did it, it said chapter 11. And so, like, it doesn't always work, okay? And, and, but this one particular time, Despite my stupidity, I, I needed to hear from God. And I was, I, was, I was getting ready to speak. It was a Sunday night at a church. And, and, and it was a church, and it was filled with, with senior saints, if you know what I'm saying. Like everybody was over the age of 90. And then it was me. And I was like 17, 18 years old. And, and I was ready. Like I had my Bible and, and I had my towel because at that time I thought you had to have a towel because every pastor I watched had a towel. I didn't know what to do with the towel, but I had it. And, and so I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm waiting and, and all of a sudden something got in my head and, and this is what I heard. I heard something say, they don't care what you have to say. Like look at those people. Like they've already forgotten more than you will ever know. Like you, you have nothing that you can speak to these people. They don't want to listen to what you have to say. You may as well just run out that door and go hide. Nobody wants to hear anything you have to say. And all of a sudden, this fear just kind of gripped my heart, and and I'm about ready to get up to speak, and I'm I'm just kind of having a little freak-out moment. So I just opened my Bible, and I did it, right? I was like, God, speak to me now, you know? And I looked, and it worked. It really did. Like, God spoke to me, and I knew he was speaking to me. And this is what I saw. I said, don't worry about what you will speak when you get up to speak. It'll be the power of the Holy Spirit speaking through you. And so when you have those moments where you just know God speaking to you, like those are moments you just grab hold of and you write that thing down because you know that that's the voice of God. But when you spend time with him every single day, you give him an opportunity to speak to you every single day. How does that look on a a regular basis? How does that look in real life? You're not up preaching somewhere and you're not having that desperate moment where you need God speak to you right now. How does that just look in a a daily routine? Well, Let me take you to that first verse of Scripture I told you about, Luke chapter 10. And this may be a weird verse of Scripture to share in in a day like this, but I'll show you how, how it applies. In verse 38, this is what it says. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, there came to a certain village uh, uh, where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. So you kind of got to see this in the theater of your mind, right? Jesus is going with his disciples. There's a couple of ladies that he he was friends with. Mary and Martha, they invite him into their home. Jesus is sitting in their den, and Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet listening to every word he's speaking, but Martha's busy. Like she's trying to get the meal ready. She's trying to get everything nice because this is Jesus. He's in our home. And all of a sudden she got angry by that. Verse 40 says, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. And she came to Jesus and she said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? She's mad. Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her in verse 41, my dear Martha, You are worried and upset over all of these details, but there's only one thing. That's very important. There's only one thing worth being concerned about, and Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. What was the one thing? She was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now, I want to take you back to July 27th, 2016. I keep a journal when I I study my Bible. It looks like this. And on this particular day, this was the verse of Scripture that I was reading. Now, I want to show you how God spoke to me through that verse on that particular day. This is what I wrote in my journal in its entirety. I wrote the verse. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken from her. And this is what I wrote, my comments. Jesus is spending time in the home with Mary and Martha. And Martha is ticked off. I'm just honest in my journals. She's working hard, making sure everything is done, and Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, and Martha says, Jesus, tell my lazy sister to get off her butt and help me in the kitchen. That's my translation, okay? That is not the original Hebrew. All right, then it says, then I wrote, Jesus reminds Martha, She's distracted by many things, but Mary has discovered the one thing that matters more than anything. I kept writing. It's funny that this is my focus verse today because I'm literally sitting in a coffee shop waiting for a seminar to begin called One Thing. It's based on Gary Keller's book and I've been wrestling with my one thing. I'm distracted so much by daily tasks, but I'm learning to stay focused on what's important. My time with Jesus trumps everything staying connected to the true vine according to John chapter 15. I'm just a branch that must daily be connected to him. I'm nothing more than a sheep seating at the feet of the shepherd and I think that's why Jesus prayed give us Lord our daily bread because he's the bread of life and if I don't spend time with him daily I starve spiritually. If I miss one day with him I can tell If I miss two days with him, my family can tell. If I miss three days with him, the world can tell. Lord, keep me at your feet. May I never miss one opportunity to experience the most important one thing, to glorify, love, and honor you. So do you see how God spoke to me? Here I am sitting, going into this thing about one thing. I'm wrestling with what my one thing is. I open up the Bible, and I begin to study his word that day, and that's the verse of scripture that God took me to. Do you see how God will use his word to just speak life into you in the middle of your circumstances, no matter what you're going through? And and so what I'm encouraging you today in a very practical message is that we've got to spend time with him like that every single day. If his word is alive and he's breathing life into us and he's giving us direction through the power of his Holy Spirit and his word, why would we not spend time with him every day? And and I know what we would say. We we would say something like, well, I'm just too busy. I got a lot going on. Really? You're too busy for God to speak into your life? I I have a a book in my library. I love it. And, and, And it's simply titled, Too Busy Not to Pray. The more responsibility you have and the more things that you have on the plate, the more you need to God sp- to speak into your life. So, so you're too busy not to pray. You're too busy not to be in his word every single day. And I think some of us, we, we might would say, well, it's not that I don't necessarily have the time. My problem is is I, just, I lack the discipline to do that every day. Let's just be honest. We're family. We know each other in this room. How many of you would say you really feel like you struggle with discipline? Not just with this, but with anything. We, some, okay, all right, some of us are liars, but others, yeah, you, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like we, 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 we struggle with discipline. And, and I'll be the first to admit, there's a lot of areas of my life where I would like more discipline. I look at people around this room, and I'm like, why can't I be like that person? I'll go to the gym once or twice a month, <laughs> a quarter, and, and I see the same people every time. You know, I'm like, surely they didn't only choose to come to the gym four times a year, and it was the times I came. Like, they probably come every day. And then look at those people when I get angry. And I think they are the most disciplined people on the planet. And here's what I've learned. It's not discipline that causes somebody to do something every single day. No, no, no. What they've done is they've developed a habit in their life that's a positive habit that drives them every single day. And so what I would encourage you, like when you're starting a new behavior, whether it's this or anything, like the first thing in our mind is, man, it's going to take a lot of discipline for me to do that, and I've just got to sustain that discipline for the rest of my life. And that overwhelms us, and we know we can't sustain that, so we don't even try. But I learned this from Gary Keller's book, One Thing. Check this out. It's a great little graph that I think that helps us a little bit, and and it's kind of a timeline. On, On one side, you've got discipline, and on the other side of the graph, you've got time. And we have this idea in our mind that to do something, we have to have a high amount of discipline. We have to sustain it over a long period of time. But that's not exactly true. As you develop discipline in in a new role, let's say we want to study our Bibles every day. We want to spend time with God every day. And we want that to be a spiritual discipline in our life. What we find is it only takes like a great amount of discipline in a short period of time sustained long enough for a habit to kick in. Do you see that? So it's not like you have to have discipline up here. Oh, forever, forever, forever. I've got to be disciplined first forever. I just have to have enough discipline and sustain that long enough for that habit, that positive habit to kick in in my life. And that habit's what's going to sustain me. See, some of us, like things are awkward and odd because we don't do it enough. I say that all the time. Like, when you hug people, if that's awkward to you, you're weird, and you don't do it enough, right? That's that's the thing. When I go to the gym, it's awkward because I don't do it enough. And when you read your Bible and you pray, if you feel awkward when you do that, it's just because you don't do it enough. And so what we've got to do is have a high amount of discipline over a short period of time, sustain that long enough for that positive habit to kick in. And when it's a positive habit in your life, it's going to feel awkward when you don't do it. I mean, when I walk in the door and I see my kids and I don't hug them, that's awkward. Because we, that's just, that's just, that's, I'm just, I do that, right? When, when, when it's a positive habit in your life and, you, and you, become, you become a person that every day you're just in God's word, then it's gonna be awkward to you when you're not in his word. So how long does that take? Well, some people will say it takes about 21 days to develop a positive habit in your life. And, and actually what we find, that's a very high functioning person, not the average person. It takes about 66 days to actually form a habit. So what I'm saying is making that a high priority over the next couple of months in your life, you'll be amazed at what doing that over these next couple of months will do for the rest of the journey of your life. I, I, I like to, to, that's a rabbit. I'm not gonna chase it, all right? Here, here's the deal. God's, somebody was like, praise God, a pastor who will not chase a rabbit. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. But the Bible is our blueprint for living. We gotta be in it every single day. And here's why. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 16 says this. All Scripture. Every bit of it, his word, every last bit of it. It is inspired by God, and it is useful to teach us what is true. Don't you want to know what is true? And it makes us realize what is wrong in our lives, and it corrects us when we're wrong, and it teaches us what is right. So how do I do this? How do I actually study the Bible? When I set aside that time and I open up the Bible, then what do I do? first. Well, here's what I'd encourage you. First of all, I'd encourage you to get on a good Bible reading plan. All right, you can find that on the Uversion app. You can find it sometimes in the back of your Bible. There'll be a Bible reading plan. Doesn't really matter which one you choose. Choose the one that works for you. But whether you choose to read one chapter in that particular setting, or you read five chapters in that setting, what I encourage you to do is highlight the verses of Scripture that are just kind of speaking to you. The things that just kind of get your attention. The things that make you go, I like that. I'm just going to highlight that. And then when you highlight that, what I want you to see is out of all of those scriptures you highlighted, like let one verse just kind of rise to the surface. And some of you will ask, well, what about translation? What translation? I saw? It doesn't matter. Just choose a translation that speaks to you. I, I use the New Living Translation to teach by. It's easy for me to teach by. It's what I do my personal devotions by. Use the one that speaks to you. But find that verse of scripture and start with that. Now, what I'm about to teach you is what I, what I refer to as the SOAP method. And it's just one method of studying your Bible, but it's a very easy place for us to get started. It's what I use every single day when I study God's Word, the SOAP method. And that S in, in that acronym SOAP stands for Scripture. Find one Scripture. Let that one Scripture, out of all the verses that you read that day, let that one Scripture rise to the surface and then write it down. Now, I have what I call a SOAP journal. Um, and and this is not a journal of when I took a bath, right? This is my my Bible reading plan journal, and I I fill this up with with what God's speaking to me about, and I literally, at the beginning of that day, I actually write the date, I choose one verse of Scripture, I put Scripture, that's the S, and I write down that one verse of Scripture. Now, I'm going to take you through this. This is the last one that I did this week. Exodus 14, 13. That was the verse that came to the surface on that day, and this is what it says. Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Now, some of you needed that verse today. Some of you need to hear something like that. But what we often do is take that one verse completely out of context. Wouldn't you like to know why this is in the Bible? Wouldn't you like to know who said it? And who was, who was being spoken to? Like, Wouldn't you like to know the context around it? Well, that's the next part. We're gonna take that scripture and we're gonna write down the observations. And the observations, that's the context. That's what's happening. That, that, so, so what I'll do is I'll read the, ver- the, the chapter before that verse. I'll read the chapter that that verse is in. Then I'll even go to the next chapter. I wanna know what's happening in the t- context of the scripture. Not just the verse. Because we can take that verse out of context and make it say anything we want it to say. I want to know what God is truly saying through this verse of scripture. God's word is true. I want to know what he's truly saying. So here's what I wrote on that verse of scripture. These are the words of Moses to the children of Israel just moments before they crossed the Red Sea. Then God rolled back the water and they crossed on dry land and when the Egyptians tried to cross, well, let's just say they got a little wet. Nobody survived. Now, how did I know that? Because I read it. I read the context. I read what was before it. I read the chapter that verse was in. I even went to the next chapter to find out what happens next. I want to know the context. Usually that context and observation will just be like a paragraph. Like my whole soap for that day is usually one page of scripture. As you go through a journal like this, every every page represents an an individual day. And then that A stands for application. Now, every time we end a message in this room, what do we always ask? Two questions. What's the Holy Spirit speaking to you about? What's your next steps going to be? Because I don't want you to just have information that you walk out of here and you don't even know how to apply that. I mean, some pastors like try to answer questions nobody's even asking, right? I don't want you to just have some great information. I want you to have information, but I want you to know how that applies to your life. I want you to know how to apply it. And that's what that application's about. Here's what I wrote. Moses spoke a biblical truth and a biblical truth applies to every circumstance and can be applied to every area of life. If I'm struggling with my marriage, my finances or a decision in the church, I don't have to be afraid. I can just stand still and chill. I'm about to have a front row seat to watch what God loves to do, which is take care of his people. Now there may be some steps of faith that I have to take. Standing still, trusting God to rescue me, doesn't mean I don't have to do anything. The Israelites still had to cross. They still had steps to take and instructions to follow. They had to do their part in order to see God do His. So I just must stand, chill, listen, obey. I can do that, right? Stand, chill, listen, and obey. Simple, yet so powerful when God is in it. And then I wrote these next few words, giving me courage to not freak out in life's scariest moments. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So I applied it. I saw how I could apply God's word to my life and I let him speak to me through words he was speaking to his, his people, his Israelites. And then that last part is the P, it's just simply a prayer. It's a prayer that just says, God, I need your strength to apply this. I can't do this on my own. And neither can you. We talk all the time about that we are to be lifelong followers of Jesus. Like we we make a decision to follow him and and we're dedicating our lives to this, to be lifelong followers of Jesus. You can't do that on your own. And you can't do that apart from his word. You know, it, it doesn't matter what pastor you sit under. It doesn't matter who you hear preach every Sunday morning. If the only time you're in God's word is when that person is speaking, it's not enough. I don't care how good that person is. Like you need to hear from God and you need to hear from him every single day. And, and I'll be honest, like I fall in the trap sometimes of just like completing it. Like it's something on a list that I'm just gonna check off. I made a commitment last year and I was gonna read through the Bible. You can read through the Bible in a year. I heard a guy say this morning, if you, if, you read, if you read like like 10 chapters every single day, you could read the Bible in three months. Talk about reading through the Bible four times in a year. Holy cow, like that's a lot, right? I just wanna get through it in a year. But here's what I found. I found I would get my Bible app and, and you can hit the play button and it'll read to you. And I'd put that thing on in the car and I wouldn't listen to Mike and Mike in the morning. I'd listen to that same dude read over and over again over and over and over again and and some days it'd be exciting and some days when he's reading leviticus i just wanted to drive the car off the road and just end it all like Like, just just being honest but here's what i began to see as i did that every day it just became white noise it was just a voice in my head it was just like something i was hearing in the car and i was toning it out just like i do anything else and it was cool because at the end of it, when you finish your Bible reading plan for the day, what does it do? What does it do? It gives you a little check, right? That feels good. How many of you are checkmark people? You get a check mark, bam, I write things down just to check them off. I do. I do that all the time, right? Check them off. It feels good when you get to check something off. And so I felt good because I'm reading God's Word every day. I'm reading His Word and I'm checking it off, checking it off, checking it off. And here's what I began to realize. I wasn't getting anything from it. I wasn't hearing God's voice speak to me because I wasn't engaging His Word. I was just checking something else off my list. I was just going through the motions. And I realized I can read for completion or I can sit down in a quiet place, get alone, just me and God, my Bible. My, my my cup of coffee and my journal and just and just begin and let God speak to me and even if if I only spend 15 minutes doing that or 20 minutes doing that like like that just wrestling with that one verse of scripture that one thing that God's speaking to me is so much more powerful than even reading 12 chapters in that day that I didn't engage God's word and does that make sense? So here's my challenge to you. Every day. Every day. I want you to find some time and let that just be your time with Jesus. Every time. If you have to put that time in your calendar so you protect it, you just put that in your calendar. You protect. Make it the highest priority of your day. Some of you will make that the first part of your day. If that's what you need to do, you get up early and you make it the first part of the day. If that means you don't eat lunch with anybody, you go sit in your car with your Bible and a journal and you just begin to listen for God's voice and you write down the things that he's speaking to you about and you go have lunch with Jesus. Others of you, maybe you'll do that at the end of the day. Whatever works for you, make it a priority, do it every day. Make it a commitment, make it a commitment and create some margin in your life where God can speak. All right, I am gonna chase that rabbit trail because most of us have no clue what it means to live with margin. We push it to the very end. We live on the edge in everything we do. We don't schedule margin in our life. Man, we'll pack every minute of every day doing anything else that we possibly can. And what happens? We squeeze out that time with the Lord. And I know life is busy. I got two kids too. I got a son who plays JV basketball and a daughter who cheers for varsity girls and boys. We got nine games this week. That's a lot of basketball, even for somebody who likes basketball, right? And we fill our schedule so full and we live right here on the edge and we don't create any margin to do the things that are most important in our lives. We squeeze out that time of the Lord. And as soon as something pushes us, when there's no margin in our life, it pushes us right off the edge and we go into chaos and confusion. We do that financially. We spend every dime. We don't save anything. We just, we live with no margin in our life. Let's create some margin in our life. Let's do whatever we have to do. Make the tough choices. Do whatever we have to do to give God a chance to speak. And if you do that, you speak. And when he speaks, you can listen. And when you listen, it changes everything probably one of the most defining moments Marianne came to my mind this morning um, I, I'll never forget it Marianne was in the, in the middle of, of battling, battling cancer and she was standing right there in that spot somebody else was leading worship that particular day and they, they began to sing a song and in that song it had a verse of scripture and, and, and it was a verse of scripture that talked about the fact that, that he heals our he heals our diseases. Well, that's a verse of scripture that we had seen over and over and over again. But for some mere moment, in that, in that moment, like it spoke to my wife's heart. That verse of scripture, God spoke through that verse of scripture. And she started getting my attention and I looked and she was very emotional. And she said, do you hear it? It didn't say he will heal my diseases. It says he is healing my diseases. It's present tense. It's what he's doing right now. He's healing me right now. And that was a defining moment for our family. And God did heal my wife. She is cancer-free and has been for almost five years. God is doing something in our family. And, and and He started it. He started it even in that moment. And when you begin to give God an opportunity to speak through His Word, there will be some defining moments on the journey where you'll just... You, you'll, you, there'll be those moments where it just, it's like glue. Like you, it just, it holds you to him. Where at other times maybe you feel he's distant and you're not sure where he is in those moments of your life. If you don't create space for him to speak, how are you ever gonna see his presence in your life? And, and, and I, I, I would say if, if God feels distant to you, it's not because he's gone somewhere not because he moved it's because we've stopped doing the things that draw us close to him we've shared this verse of scripture over the last few weeks revelation says you don't love me the way you once did you don't even love others the way you once did here's what we've got to do we've got to repent and we've got to go back to our first works again some of you, when you first got saved, you couldn't get enough, man. You were in God's word every single day. You were praying the paint off the walls. It's been a long time since you've had that passion. But it's been a long time since you've had that hunger for him. So let's go back. Let's repent. Let's do our first works again. Stand fire.